I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Foo followers. Welcome to episode 26 of the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast. My name is Ben Johnson. Thank you for joining me. Before we get started, we have a quick favor to ask. If you are enjoying the show, then please do take a couple of minutes to give us a star rating or write a little review on your podcast app or through your podcast provider. This will help to spread the word of the podcast and attract even more Foo followers. Also, if you know someone who might enjoy the show, why not recommend it to a friend and help to build our international Kung Fu community thank you so much for downloading and listening to this episode of the show with none other than kung lee very exciting okay here we go well if you're really so determined to have a fight then i'll oblige (laughs) (laughs) two followers around the world How the devil are you? I hope you're well. This is Ben Johnson speaking. Welcome to my podcast, the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast. KFMG pod, if you're um, one of the hashtag users. That's the thing that you'll notice all over Twitter, all over Facebook, all over Instagram, all of our KFMG channels, which I'm sure you all uh, keep up to date with and uh, follow religiously. Uh, Thank you very much if you do. Thank you so much for listening. However you found out about this show, uh, however you got here, thank you so much for tuning in. Big show today. Kung Lee is on the show, which is fantastic. I called Kung Lee over Skype. He lives in California in the USA. Uh, He's actually one of the few... Uh, you know, former UFC guys, mixed martial artists who's made a, a convincing leap from the cage onto the big screen. Uh, I think he's just just wonderful in the movies that he's appeared in. He's me- appeared in so many uh, great martial arts movies of the last 10 years. Uh, the Man with the Iron Fists, of course. He was in uh, Wong Garway's The Grand Master, the sci-fi film Pandorum Into the Badlands. He was in that recently. He's worked with Yen Wu Ping on True Legend, Donnie Yen on Bodyguards and Assassins. He recently worked with Jesse Johnson and Scott Adkins for Savage Dog. He was martial law in the Tekken movie, the live-action Tekken film. He worked with Van Damme. For Dragon Eyes, that was his first starring role vehicle. The list just goes on and on. His most recent work includes Europe Raiders. This is the third in the Raiders trilogy. Uh, This stars Tony Leung and Chris Wu. Uh, The trailer is out there now and it's looking very good indeed. Kung is also a brand ambassador for Evoke Tactical. Uh, They create... Innovative Solutions for Warfighters and First Responders. Uh, That's uh, how they describe themselves on their website. It's essentially military gear uh, for everyday folk like you and me. If you're in the um, market for some uh, ballistic eyewear, check out Evoke Tactical. Kung Lee goes to a lot of conventions and does a lot of work with them. Find out more at evokeus.com. Kung Lee is, of course, a former Strike Force middleweight champion. He has competed in wrestling, in Sanshu, mixed martial arts, taekwondo. He's competed in the UFC. He's got a heap of medals and trophies uh, to his name. He retired from competing in 2015 amid some controversy, uh, which we do go into on this podcast. As a result, he doesn't have a lot of love for the UFC, particularly the, the way it's run and the way that the fighters are treated. So he is currently involved in a in a lawsuit with the UFC relating to contracts and fair pay and um, image rights. But I do just want to say just ahead of that uh, chat that if you do want to learn more about the circumstances uh, surrounding his exit from the UFC and all the ensuing legal wranglings, 
which which are going on then uh, he, he currently has been very vocal about this subject so there's lots of stuff out there in the press all about it uh, and there's plenty more information online about all that stuff so if you do want to go and read up and learn more about that then uh, then definitely do do that I do hope you enjoy this episode of the show. That conversation is coming up in a second. Uh, Firstly, a little bit of business. We've been giving away some great stuff in our newsletter so far this year. Uh, We launched the newsletter in January of 2018. We've so far given away Blu-rays of the latest Choi Hark and Yen Wu-Ping fantasy wuxia film, The Thousand Faces of Dungeer. That was courtesy of WildGo USA. We've also partnered with the great Cine Asia here in the UK uh, to do giveaways of films including Operation Mekong, uh, Young Bruce Lee, Ip Man and Wolf Warrior. Um, and haven't actually announced this yet over our social media platforms. So here you go, podcast listeners. Here's a little bit of an exclusive The next newsletter, our April newsletter, we are going to be giving away signed copies of Kickboxer Retaliation, uh, the new Blu-ray release from Kaleidoscope Entertainment. We've got a couple of copies of that uh, giveaway signed by its star, Alan Moosey. So that's really exciting. That's the next prize. So to be in with a chance of winning, simply sign up to the newsletter at kungfumovieguide.com. Make sure that when you do sign up that you then go back into your emails and you've got to confirm your email address. Uh, and then that way that will guarantee that your email address is added to our mailing list. Uh, so make sure you go ahead and do that. Uh, we send the newsletter out uh, in the last week of every month. So if you haven't signed up yet to be in with a chance of winning uh, all this good free stuff, then make sure you go online, kungfumovieguide.com. I think that's everything. It's always a little bit boring going over, you know, all of this stuff, isn't it? So uh, thank you very much for your patience. I should say that, as always, if you do want to get in touch with me, the email address is hello at kungfumovieguide.com. Let me know anything, really. Let me know what you think of the site, what you think of the podcast. Uh, Any feedback that we get is always greatly appreciated. Predominantly, I get a lot of messages from people asking me for the names of some obscure uh, Kung Fu movies from the 1970s, which is an absolutely lovely thing. So please do keep sending me that stuff because um, if I don't know the answer, then I'm pretty sure one of our committed Fu followers uh, from around the world will know the answer. So um, in fact, we have had one such message uh, that's come in over Twitter. This has come from Floyd Davis. Floyd, thank you for getting in touch. Floyd's message reads, there's a movie I'm looking for. It's about a mother whose son got beat up by two men. One guy was good with his hands and the other with his feet. His mother trains him to absorb the punches and kicks of the two men as he will fight them both later in the movie. It was definitely a 70s movie. I don't remember the actors and I think it was a Chinese film. All I remember was the boy challenging the two men getting beat up and his mother nursing him back to health. But she took him through rigorous training so that his body could absorb the punches and kicks. And in the end, when he had to fight them again, they fought on a wood thing and whoever fell off was the loser. That's basically what I remember. Please tell me you know the name of the movie. That bit at the end is in block capitals and with an exclamation mark at the end. So, um... Floyd's going mad here and uh, racking his brains trying to think of uh, what that movie is. It doesn't ring any bells with me, uh, but I thought I'd throw it out there to our committed food followers around the world just to see if anyone knows what movie that is. We can help to put Floyd out of his misery. Send me an email if that rings any bells. It's hello at kungfumovieguide.com or you can drop me a message over the usual KFMG social media channels. We do try to look out for each other here at the Kung Fu Movie Guide. So, Floyd, fingers crossed. I've put it out there for you. Okay, Kung Lee. It was great to talk to Kung Lee. I'm a big fan of uh, his work. And um, Kung Lee was actually one of the first people that I contacted when I um, first launched this podcast. 
what was that, 2016, so it's a couple of years ago now. Uh, so it's taken a bit of time for us to get in touch and to get this conversation arranged. But thankfully, we have done now, and I'm uh, very much looking forward to presenting this interview to you now. Here we go, then. This is my conversation with the great Kung Lee. Last year, I, I, I just focused on, since I had um, Savage Dog and then um, uh, Into the Badlands, the yeah. episode in the beginning of the year, and um, uh, security release last year, I, I, I felt like, you know, uh, I, I got to be more selective on what projects I take and, and um, try to um, kind of, you know, it's 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 Hollywood, right? So you got to make your own projects. You got to get the people, the investors behind you, so you can do your own thing and really get a chance to showcase what your uh, what you can really do. So that involves what? So script writing? You're writing your own uh, projects at the moment? You know, I, I've I've written a few scripts, and you know, they they turned out pretty good, and mm-hmm. um, I, I felt like uh, you know, I I got some good concepts with uh, different you know characters and storylines so i, I yeah. feel like I, i'm just gonna put it together and then you know cater cater the project towards me to, towards my strong suit and kind of like what people want to see you know yeah. like uh you know it's it's i feel like now it's like the tactical age right everyone's really into the tactical training um, yeah, you're seeing that sort of shift, aren't you, with uh, a lot of the action movies. Like John Wick's a good example of that, isn't it? Where you know you've got that more militaristic sort of vibe to it, hasn't it? Yeah, uh, my my vibe is more like I think real, but um, like what, like what, I, like I would do as as a person, or like what you would do, like you know, like yeah. it, it makes the the audience uh, it gives them that. What if that happened to me? What would I do? Yeah. Like it puts them, it, it puts that question in their head, you know, yeah. would I really do that, you know? And yeah. now that social media is so big, you know, everyone has, uh, you know, their, their, their own, <laughs> you know, two cents. So yeah. uh, you, you, you kind of take the best of it instead of taking it like as um, like, you know, being upset about what the remark is. And, you know, you, you take it like, hey, you know, maybe this is what, you know, the pop culture wants yeah and yeah so do you do you read a lot of the the comments then and reviews about like your movies and that sort of thing i i do i do because i want to know what people think of it and yeah. i i, I want to know what the critics are are writing about it and uh, you know whether it's good or bad it, it's like learning it's like if you lose a fight you learn more from that loss and then then you learn from a win right so yeah. you just take like the good with the good and the bad with the bad, but then you learn from the bad and don't make the same mistakes. Do you feel that your every new movie that you're appearing in, that you're developing and learning uh, uh, as an actor, as a performer? Yeah, you know, um, ever since I started doing like my first movie project, um, I, I just I was kind of intrigued on how the director would direct and how he would coach or some some directors don't you know they 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 leave it in your all your hands and then then you know sometimes people wonder why like what happened you know what happened to the movie well the the director didn't do his job so i you know as soon as i start getting on set like you know like with like a one car why i was like he's like go rest you know it's raining it's cold i'm like i'm just gonna sit here and study and he's all study what yeah Yeah, i'm gonna study you you know so um, well, yeah, you, you've been yeah. you've been blessed to sort of work with yeah Wong Kar Wai, but also uh, you've worked with Yen Wo Ping as well, and recently Twice. Jesse Jesse Johnson. Yeah, you've worked amongst people who are very you know noted in their craft. Every project that you're on, are you are you taking notes? Are you observing sort of how you know they approach things differently? I do a little combination of observing, studying, taking notes, asking questions. Like with Wong Kar Wai. After like you know, he realized I was just sitting there and just watching him work. He, you know, he. he uh, I say for the two weeks that we were on that that part of the shoot in the rain, um, he 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 would like ha- start 
bring having me sit down during you know lunch break with him and he's all asking me a question i'm like uh what do you expect from a and an, an actor you know he's a performance you know? <laughs> right so, you know it was it, like he, he was one of those guys if it was it was nighttime he was still wearing his shades so yeah. i remember like he was walking he kind of almost tripped over this wire and um and then like like he caught his glasses and he 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 didn't even bother looking around he's just like you know like made sure like that like no water got on his shoes or you know anything and he just Fixed his shades and just kept walking. It was like yeah. <laughs> like the coolest thing. You know? <laughs> cool guy. Yeah, yeah. He's such a visionary auteur, isn't he? I mean, is he one of the directors that really stands out? You know, the the people that you've worked with that you know you really admired. Yes, you know, um, I, like a lot of people says, oh, he's so slow. But like, I think for him, it's like perfection, right? Um, yeah. He he wants everything to look the way he wants it to look or it's it's got to come out just like his vision yeah and uh, you know like like a lot of times when uh, there are shots you're like wow i can already see it but then there's a lot of shots you're like there's nothing special about this yeah. but then when you watch it in the film you're like wow yeah. yeah he he does he does really have he does see things that other people don't see that fight scene there in the grandmaster is just so visually you know when you think of that film you you think of that scene it's very iconic isn't it yeah, I mean, I was filming The Man with the Iron Fist, yeah. and then I was filming Grandmasters at the same time. I started that in Grandmaster, two weeks of, like, crazy in the rain, and then, then I went to um, The Man with the Iron Fist for, like, a week. Then I went back out to um, Grandmaster, and then we were doing this one scene where my character goes and fights, uh, uh, you know, Yip, uh, Ip Man again. Like, he broke it down, like... Um, just think about it you have to put food on the table and you're coming out of the tunnel and if you if, if you lose this fight you're you're not going to be able to feed your family and and then obviously i can tell that he studied he went on on youtube or wherever it is and watch like my my walk my walk you know yeah. into into the ring or into the like cage yeah. and then he, he says i want that layer of tears but no tears dripping because it's been 10 years and the first time you fought him and he broke your leg i want you to feel that this is your chance to redeem yourself you've never been beaten before and he was he was the one who beat you and in your head you still believe that it was lucky wow. and so when you walk down this hallway you want to let the audience feel that your emotion so they're not going to feel it with your with your facial expression they're not going to yeah. feel it with the way you walk they're going to feel it through your eyes and through that layer of tear and i'm like yeah. wow that's amazing how he broke it down right by the time we got to like the sixth take i was like ah, i think that was it and he's like, i want one more and then um and i'm uh one more and he's like look um i'm not even gonna roll sound i just want your look and I'm just going to keep this camera super tight on you. And I was like, okay. Um, so we, we watched it again, and I, I thought it was good, right? And he yeah. wanted something more. And he's uh, and he and then he sat there for a bit, and you, and you can tell he's thinking about something deep, right? He's uh, he told his assistant to get something, and and then uh, like he, he, like he flipped through his phone and he plugged it into the radio, and all of a sudden he he's like, what do you feel about this song? And then it was like you know pretty powerful. Then it then then he turned on to another song and it, it was like kind of like techno drums, but it's like about to it's like war, like you know. Yeah. And then, man, I felt that like like it gave me chills a little bit, right? He's like, wow. okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna play this. You walk out to this. This is your walkout song, right? And man, I was like so pumped and out like. And soon as the take was over, he was like, watch this, watch this. And then Tony Wong came by and then he was all showing everyone and he's all, see. This this is how you tell the story through the eyes. Well, I'm afraid you've no choice. How about you, dead? I'm guessing you don't get that level of direction all the time uh, <laughs> on on some of your sets. You know, every every director is different. You know, yeah. um, um, th there's been some that are really bad. Like uh, I'll say, did you like that? Did you want to try it a different way? Uh, you know, uh, Kung. If uh, if it was bad, I'll let you know. Uh, but I, it's good to me. I'm, I'm sure. like, man, wow. You know, um, uh, but you know, most time uh, I've been fortunate. Ninety nine percent of the, the the films I've done, I, I, I've had 
you know a chance to work with you know really good directors yeah yeah what do you look for in a director then what i look for in a director is how they coach you how they explain what they want to see with your character and and at the same time after you're done doing that they would be open to having you do it how you would do it yeah so they 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 get the best of both worlds Mm. they do they they get what they want and if some reason you can do it better they they get that too and then they can play with it when it, the edit comes so are you getting a bit sort of picky with the roles that you're doing now then come oh yeah um you know of course you know you, you got to make a living right so yeah, you, yeah. You, you 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 know i'm not fighting anymore and you know i you know i can do privates or what whatever but like my my main goal is you know um i'm i'm big i'm physical i'm a i'm a i'm a real fighter and yeah. i feel that if if I get the right project, I can really showcase what I really can do. Because, you know, there's like for Dragon Eyes, uh, yeah. you know, I got a chance to control most of the action, but yeah. I didn't have any time to rehearse it. So everything was done right then and there. Just imagine if I had the time, if I had the budget, and if I had the right, like, stunt guys. Like, believe it or not, in Dragon Eyes, I had about three or four stunt guys, and the rest I had to go to different dojos and handpick each guys and have auditions i did that all myself and this was like i got there two weeks before we started filming and then already um john himes already had rewritten the whole script so i was already like you know i was still new this is my first time being the lead role so i came in i was like every single line on there i knew from front to back back to front you know and all of a sudden like he took out like probably like 60 or 70 percent of the dialogue and he says that hey think of fistful of dollars uh like you know clint eastwood didn't do much that that much dialogue he was on his eyes and it was on his you know um uh, facial and his reactions right and i'm like wow okay and when i got on set i was like who's the fight director and and, you know um the the uh, i guess ad is all you are i'm like oh great where's the stunt guys you know they're like we got no stunt guys. You got to go look for them. I'm like, huh? Right. You don't have any stunt guys. And you're like, yeah, yeah. It's only a hour and a half drive to New Orleans. And, uh, you know, there's, uh, there's uh, you know, all these local dojos. Here's here's a paper with all the local dojos. Give them a con. See who you can recruit. And I'm like, holy shit. This is, wow. this, this, this is what, <laughs> you know. So I was kind of like. Hey, you know, I grabbed the paper. I was just like, man, is this like normal? I didn't know, right? I was still kind of like new at the time to. to yeah, this, that was uh, a relatively. Game. Yeah, that was like your first yeah. sort of starring role, wasn't it? Really, but yeah, um, yeah. Were you quite sort of nervous on on set with with that one? Then knowing that that was your, you know, that was your big movie. Well, you know, I, I was nervous because like the personnel, right, or the actors yeah. and the stunt guys. So I went to the like the, like my first experience. I I called over two of my buddies. That one was my uh, uh, coach who who took over my MMA training, Scott Sheely, and I brought out two other friends that were like bl- one was a black belt, one one was a boxer. Then then I realized, hey, I got a little more control. I'm gonna bring Gilbert Melendez on because he has a big social media. I'm bring Dan Henderson, all my friends that. You know, I'm sure everyone's going to say we don't want to see them fight because we see them fight all the time on on pay per view or on Strike Force. So we we want to see if they can act. So I I gave them parts where they had to act, where they had a, like I, I had Dan Henderson play a crooked cop, right? Just yes. for one a cameo scene, and I had Gilbert Melendez. He was there. He was able to stay with me for a week and. He he played some little gangster like you know like a hood rat right so yeah. I think that got a lot of people interested and uh, you know I picked up um, another guy who ended up helping and it was uh, Sam Medina right and I looked like like we're waiting for him to come in and we're just gonna see if he can move and if, if he's you know if if he fits the part and the the part I was hoping for was like a bigger fat Mexican guy and uh, and he comes in he's like pretty in shape, pretty lean. I'm like, man, is, and he, but he looked Mexican. I said, uh, 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 are you here for the biggie part? He's like, yep, I'm here for the big part. I'm like, you're, you're not fat and overweight. <laughs> right. He's, uh, um, my, my agent told me to come anyway. So I ended up, uh, said, okay, uh, let's go over some stuff. And then all of a sudden he started talking to me in Vietnamese and I'm like, what? And uh, and he's all yeah I'm I'm half Vietnamese and then half uh, Honduras right I'm like 
what uh, what is your like your dad's name and you know he's all like you know min something it's like vietnamese name i'm like how come you you have sam medina he's all hey you know um since i started out i had my name min something like i forgot the last name and i'm uh and he's all, i can't get anything in in the whole you know hollywood scene there's one part and there's only so many asians that right. you're competing against all the asians and i'm like Ah, so you went with Sam Medina. He's like, I can play Mexican, I can play whatever. And, you know, and he's like, look at my credit. It's, it's building up. And, and I'm like, you know what? I like you. You're in. Yeah. So it was a crazy experience how that movie happened. You know, yeah. it's just yeah. like I was I, like hands on on so many things. And I realized, man, I'm making all this these producers so much money and I'm doing their job for yeah, them. Doing all the I'm, work. Yeah. <laughs> I might as well produce my own. All, yeah. all I need is get my own funding. John Himes was obviously the director of that movie. Was he very open then to your suggestions? He was more than willing to be like, come you just, you just, you just run with this. Yeah. When it came to action, yeah. John Himes, uh, cause after we filmed the first fight scene, he's all like, like he saw what I put together. Um, and actually that, like our first fight scene, like you know we went to the action film fest and we won best action uh sequence of yeah. you know like that film festival and you know the the like like i came in and thank god the raid hadn't come out yet the raid sure. that just came out but it didn't make the year right yeah the, yeah the cut right and i was like well you know i wonder you know obviously um gina carano's haywires yeah, in there she got this fight scene with um michael fassbender we're we're totally gonna yeah, we'll play come in third, right? Like JJ Perry won best fight coordinator, right? Yeah. And then, um, um, and so as soon as I knew JJ was there, like, oh, JJ's winning for sure. Yeah. So what happened was, um, in third place, uh, Gino Crono and uh, you know Steven Soderbergh's movie takes third place at the fight scene. I'm like, holy shit! Yeah, man, we we didn't even place. We we must have, like we must be on the bottom of the totem pole, right? And sure. second place, Kung Lee's fight scene in the warehouse takes second. I'm like, holy shit! Wow, we took second. Yeah, and yeah. then first place, Kung Lee's street fighting scene took first. I'm like, holy shit! We took first and second. So right then, that's and there, amazing. I, I knew if I had control and if I was, you know, with a good producer and they know, you know, give the talent a little range and a little bit of, you know, let them run with some stuff, especially when it comes to action. Yeah, I will kill it. I know who you are, you bastard. Your time has come, then your son. It is very different fighting in the cage compared to fighting on camera. Where does that skill come from to then make that look convincing on film? It's a combination of a lot of things. Not just because I fought MMA doesn't mean I'm going to be some uh, a decent fight coordinator, right? Yeah. I, it started from traditional martial arts. It started from collegiate wrestling. It started from wrestling multiple different styles like Greco-Roman, freestyle, doing sambo, doing judo, then doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu, then doing MMA, then having taekwondo, having fought in Shidokan type karates, having fought on point fighting, ha having a full range of styles and, and then knowing how when people get hit, then being open-minded to what the general audience sees all the time and what they express, right? You, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, if, if I ask a question and people reply back, these are the people that are paying you know, the, the $13 now at the box office or yeah. buying the DVD or buying the download. So these are the people I need to listen to. Well, yeah. you know, there's, there's a lot of producers or a lot of executives will be like, my way or the highway, yeah. you know, and it is what it is. But like, you, you, you know, just because they see it a certain way doesn't mean that it's pop culture nowadays. What is pop culture? Now it's become the Wild West again because it's not now entirely the Universal Studios, Warner Brothers or, you know, Sony. Those, they are, they have um, these hungry 
competitions that are climbing this hill and they look down and Netflix is right there and they look over to you know to their left and they they got hula then they got amazon prime yeah. they yeah. got all there's a YouTube lot of bread you know? there's a lot of content there's just so many different channels now isn't there for for content and i guess that's good in a sense that these uh, streaming services and production companies are more willing to invest in new products but at the same time do you not think that also with so many channels, it kind of saturates that market, doesn't it? Not really, not really, yeah. because if you look at if there's more avenues of of channels that uh, artists and talented filmmakers and you know talented actors that never will, would ever get a shot in a big studio film when they're just playing some guy who opens the door and hi sir come on in and that's yeah. that's our only part now they're delivering fucking academy award winning parts yeah. uh, from you know because of these other you know you know avenues it's it just changed the game and i feel like if the studios can monopolize everything then how 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 is like an asian guy like me will get a chance when already like Jackie Chan and Jet Li and, and Donnie Yen already, they are the top three. So if one's busy, you go to the other one. If that one's busy, hopefully one will open up or that project sits on the shelf because we'll never let a guy like, you know, Kung Lee, you know, um, get in there, you know. But you are, I mean, this... And, you know, I'm sure you, you probably hear this a lot. There's not, there's so many UFC fighters, mixed martial artists that try and make that step into movies. Um, but there are a few that have done it as well as you have. Um, and I'm wondering, what is that down to, <laughs> do you think? I'll tell you what it, it comes down to, right? When you bring in an MMA fighter to play a cameo role, they're either playing someone who's going to kick someone's ass or they're going to make the lead actor look good. That's yeah. kind of like what they bring in for, and they're following, right? The hero's only good as his uh, his, his villain, right? Yeah. Like, I, I'm developing codename the dragon. It's, it's about a character uh, who who becomes the 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 badass you know yeah. but how he becomes a badass you know you 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 can play with the character where there's comedic relief because it's he's doing it for the first time so he's not going to be very proficient even though he's trained uh trained really good and he's breaking records or breaking time and you know scoring really well when he's training it doesn't when you're in real combat what's really happening real bullets is flying at you real punches is flying at you so i think there's there's so many different elements that you can play with characters where people can enjoy because look at why why did how how did jackie chan become so famous drunken master what happened in drunken master well his family got killed and drunken master took him under his wing trained him to be a train him drunken fist and then at the end he got a chance to get uh you know uh get revenge against eagle claw yeah you know it's how simple is that yeah if you take a simple storyline you layer it up really good and and detail put enough detail in there for people because now everyone's so advanced they they like that story plus the twist and the turns they like all that you put all that in there you got a successful movie hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you that's right we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, don't be tricked by him. He's got iron feet. 
you were born in Saigon, which is yes. now uh, Ho Chi Minh City. Yeah. Um, and I've read a little bit about your time there. Obviously, it was just um, just before the fall of Saigon that um, that you you managed to get out. Is that is that right? Yes, yeah. I left uh, Vietnam in 1975, a week before the fall of Saigon. My grandfather was a former chief of police, so that that would be like a colonel's rank. And if he stayed behind, uh, he would be executed. And you know, so the U.S. government um, basically said, you know, you got two hours, one suitcase each. Um, if you're not back here in two hours, you're you're on your own. So, got went home and got uh, one suitcase each, and we uh, got uh, uh, airlifted out to um, the Philippines, stayed in a refugee camp for several months there. Then we got transferred to um, uh, Guam, which is another refugee camp. Then we stayed there for like four or five weeks, and then um, from there we got a sponsor in Monterey, California, and we stayed at the sponsor's house for I, I don't know how long, and then eventually, uh, you know, my grandfather moved to the Bay Area and into San Jose and bought a house uh, with uh, one, two, three, with uh, five bedrooms, but there was uh, 12 of us, and, and my grandparents wow. had their the master room, master bedroom. My great-grandmother had her own room, so everyone else shared you know three rooms so there was 12 so there's 12 of you in the family that that got out of saigon just just before then was there yeah yeah wow okay you would have been tiny though do you don't remember any of any of that what what were you like two or two or three or something it was, uh, I was two years old yeah, yeah i wow. didn't didn't i didn't remember much uh, yeah. except you know uh, it's been a long time but i just remember uh it being very loud yeah Wow, and you were living there during when obviously the fighting was was going on. Yeah, um, it was falling. The, the yeah. city was ready to fall. Have you been back to to Vietnam? Do you go back there quite a bit? No, I, I've been there. I've been back like four times. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah, and uh, uh, twice. Uh, one to promote UFC, yeah. and then another time to finish my training camp uh, uh, before my my last fight uh, in the UFC. How do you feel when you go back? The first time was very powerful. Like, yeah. you know, just, you know, I went back with my mom and, um, and then, you know, she explained to me, you know, everything that happened, wrote, broke down the story again and, you know, uh, her views about the war and, you know, what had happened and then uh, how the family was, you know, rushed out of there, basically like leave everything behind and get out with, a small bag yeah. yeah so um when i got there it was like very just like soon as i got off the plane i felt like wow this like rush of like crazy you know uh, out of control energy yeah that and just me. what your yeah. um, and what your mum and must have gone through in order to take the whole family to to escape all of that as well it must have been pretty well, I think we were pretty lucky just because of my grandfather yeah. being a former chief of police and you know uh, you know he says that he was a translator for the CIA so um, sure you know um, uh, we 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 it was for me I would be like damn you got two hours pack your bags and hurry get get back here and let's get the hell out of here right yeah. that's pretty you know that could be uh, you know, very crazy um, for anyone, but just yeah. imagine the people who had to get out by boat or never got out. Yeah. You know, or yeah. or have have to hike through the mountains to try to get to Cambodia or Laos yeah. or somewhere on the edge and get out of the country, uh, and they had to go by do by foot without like regular, you know, Nike tennis shoes. You know, they're yeah. doing it in yeah. slippers. You know, so I feel that. Looking at the whole picture, I feel that we lucky. We're very lucky. It was uh, an easy route. You settled in California, then, so that yes. was your um, that that became your home. Yeah, I mean, uh, our sponsor could have been in, you know, Nebraska. Sure, I don't know, you know, but luckily yeah. it was in Monterey, 
and Monterey's an hour away from San Jose, and we yes. just got lucky. Wow! Uh, yeah, yeah. Very. Lucky, that means you know. what a beautiful place to end up. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Very cool. Um, yeah. So you are then then you just assumed normal life as as American citizens. Yep. Uh, you know what? Well, it wasn't too normal for me. I didn't speak the language. No. Um, you know, uh, you know. Then you really definitely got exposed to bullying, and you know, a lot of kids were upset because their uncles or their dads or you know didn't come home from yeah. the war. You know, so um, that was a bit of a challenge then, was it? Oh yeah, it was a normal everyday thing to hear the words "nip," "gook," or "chink" yeah. every single day. Yeah. Wow. How did that make you feel? Was you just? Did that make you angry? No. Well, I, I was confused like yeah. what did i do right i didn't do anything to you um but uh you know um i just grew up and i guess that fire that anger uh, mold me into like a you know a, a high school all-american wrestler to uh to uh you know um multiple national high school wrestler wrestling champion and then uh you know uh went to junior college and uh, two-time all-american and you know found my way back into martial arts and 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 i guess the the rest is history yeah um you know i've won a strike force middleweight title um, yeah multiple world titles in kickboxing and sanda and sancho the only american citizen to win to to come home with three medals from three different world championships so i, I think i'm you know I, i'm I've been blessed and fortunate to take the martial arts path. When you started learning the martial arts, was it something that you just had a natural ability that you just took to it straight away? Can you remember that light bulb moment? <laughs> uh, you know, I think when I first started, it was a little bit, uh, the hand and eye coordination was a little bit off. The, yeah. um, the strength was there because, you know, I was always a little, I was very active as a kid and, you know, um, uh, but uh you know, like throwing punches or throwing kicks. It, it took a bit, but, you know, I stuck with it. I enjoyed it. And, and um, you know, I didn't stay with it that long for, you know, um, two years at max. And then, then I got into wrestling. And that's where I kind of excelled. You know, I got into wrestling. Yeah. I just started, you know, getting pins and beating people. And, uh, you know, more, more on when I first started, more on strength. Uh, this tough little Asian kid, skinny, cut-up Asian kid to you know beating everyone and then then uh, then when i started learning the technique and that's when i started you know coming into uh you know becoming a uh like a, a wrestler that was very technical that yeah. one on you know uh, you know like a whole bunch of points and then getting pins and then you know when i realized uh, you know as a senior i was it my coach said i was too nice and then i went to college and i just started just well as a senior already i was just i, I was just i got mean yeah yeah <laughs> um but you went from wrestling to kickboxing i'm wondering why you made that transition were you like i i think i'm pretty much i've learned i've taken the wrestling as far as i can i'd, I'd like to develop some of my kicking abilities here or or well, what was what was what was the thinking there I'm an Asian kid, right? I, I see Bruce Lee, and I want to throw punches sure. and kicks, right? So, <laughs> did you um, watch a lot of Did you watch a lot of like kung fu movies then? Grow, yeah, growing I was up? A, like yeah, a yeah. big fan of uh, you know Enter the Dragon and all sure. of Bruce Lee's movies. But at the same time, Thirty Six Chambers of Kung Fu, yeah, yeah, um, you know uh, the uh, Five Deadly Venoms, you know, yeah, and yeah. The, you know, like the the, the list goes the, cl on, the classics, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, and then and from there, I was like, you know, uh, wow. Yeah, it's cool to like grab a hold of people and throw them, but you can punch, kick, and throw people if you do martial arts. So yeah. um, I just took a liking to it and found Sandow one day, and then man, the, the like I said, like the rest is history. I just yeah, you know, yeah, because that became very much part of your game was that you know your kicking. You had this amazing kicking ability. It wasn't just the kicking, right? Um, yeah, but like putting it all together because yeah. if someone just kicks really well, there's a lot of Olympic style Taekwondo guys that are amazing kickers, probably better kickers than me. Um, but you know, placing it in the right place and kicking as hard as some Thai boxers, you know, they some yeah. Thai boxers just they they that's all they do for their whole life they kick so like i think for me the when i broke onto the scene i was kicking people and i was souffleing them yeah and when i found the sand sand uh, the sand show type fighting 
I was souffleing people, scissor kicking people, and then, uh, you know, throwing crazy kicks. So yeah. from that, that kind of, you know, I took a step back and I realized I better sharpen up my hands. Then, you know, being that martial artist that always had an empty teacup, always wanting to learn, I was able to keep absorbing keep learning from you know brazilian jiu-jitsu to you know mixing my wrestling mixing my striking getting a better takedown defense i felt like you know i i couldn't compete against these guys in mma and uh, javier mendez and and scott coker who's the promoter of uh, strike force at the time talked me into giving mma a, a try and i said you know why not let's do it <laughs> good all three at one time. More than I'd hoped for. Huh. I'll say this. You all look very different in those fancy little outfits. 2006. So you make your mixed martial arts debut. Yeah. Did you make that move over, I guess, from a stylistic point of view? Were you a bit restless in, in the kickboxing you were doing and you wanted to change it up anyway? Or did you did you look at it as being like, oh, well, this is where you know I could start getting a real serious lucrative career out of this well at the time fighting wasn't that lucrative you're doing it for the love right yeah um but i was like i want to fight the guy from iran i want to fight russia i want to fight and all these guys were hard to get basically a lot of these athletes are pros you know sure. the government pays for it if they yeah, yeah. win if they win the world title they get a house they get you know thousands of dollars of bonuses and a salary you know that you know, takes care of them they, where they don't do, have to do anything. And a lot of these Russian guys or Iranian guys, they're, they're in the military and they get these kind of bonuses or, you know, these luxury cars after they win. So, you know, I feel like, man, these guys are professional. And I went out over there. I was like, I remember I was going door to door and, hey, uh, hi, my name is Kung Lee. Will you sponsor me for the world championships? You know, <laughs> yeah. so I was still doing that back in the day. And then um, I got a chance to fight a lot of these guys. And my only losses were against the defending world champions, right? So, yeah. um, and I, I, I would lose to them by points. Uh, and, uh, you know, on a Leah tie, it's like there's no ropes or anything. A lot of times I just get pushed out and then I lose three points and you get pushed out twice, then you lose the round. You know, mm. so um, then then when... When I transitioned inside ring and did that professionally, man, um, you know, you can't just get pushed out anymore. You can just yeah. start picking guys up and slamming them and yeah. throwing crazy combos and, and then souffleing them, scissor kicking them. And, you know, I just, I, I fell in love with that and, and then uh, took that on as full time uh, as a job. And, uh, you know, because fighting at that time, didn't, you couldn't pay your bills. You know, you sure, just sure. made enough. And you're like, oh, you know, uh, some money, uh, you know. Yeah. Um, but then the, then Strike Force came and yeah, yeah. It, it, it got better. I guess when you're in the cage and you're doing it, you're just, what I mean, what's going through your mind? I mean, are you just thinking, are you just always thinking about the win or are you, uh, you know what, if I'm thinking in the, in the, in the cage, well, not like, not literally like thinking, if I'm thinking about something else, I'm losing. Right. Sure. So, yeah. uh, but like I go in my secret is always, I, I blank out my mind and I try to think about nothing else except them fight and whatever my opponent is attacking me with, I defend and whatever my opponent is open with, I attack. That was just that was my game plan. I didn't go in, no, nothing set up. I just go in and I see the opening. If he's open, I, I gotta hit it. And mm -hmm. if, if uh, strikes and kicks and knees and throws are coming at me, I have to defend it. And I just let the my my skills take over. Yeah. So kind of running on instincts then, really. Yeah. yeah. On instinct. Yeah. Yeah. We should say you debuted in the UFC 2011. Is that is that right? Yeah. That was because Tri Strike Force was bought out by the UFC. Yeah, I was actually promoting Pandorum, and I said, hey, you know, uh, if, uh, if I don't get to fight in UFC, I'm just going to retire and do movies. Yeah. And then, uh, then you were Dana thinking White, that you were thinking that back then, then were you? Yeah, because you know, I felt like you know. Um, I, I was only staying loyal to um, Strike Force because of Scott Coker. We've yeah. been friends for a long time. And, you know, if he's no longer the boss and he's no longer trying to build something, then why am I going to stick it out, right? So, yeah, sure. um, so I said, you know, if you, you know I'm going to retire if I don't fight for the UFC. And then uh, I, I had a 
you know a contract with uh, Showtime and uh, you know Strikeforce. But you know when they bought it, they they're now the boss. So they ripped up my contract and gave me a new one. Will you ever fight with the UFC again? No, no. definitely not. Definitely not. Um, you know, I I, I I love all the fighters in the UFC. I I miss a lot of the staff in the UFC, but you know, just the way they run it, you know, it's just it's not right. You know, uh, yeah. when 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 you're making all the profit on the blood and sweat and the back of all the fighters, and then acting and doing the, some of the things that you do um, as the top guys, and they all know who they are. Um, it's just wrong, you know. Yeah. What, you, like, there's a lot of people say, "Well, you know, UFC. If it wasn't for the UFC, you know, uh, you wouldn't have any place to to go bull." There, the Mark Cuban was in the mix. Yeah, Strike Force was in the mix. WEC. There was a lot. But what happened was when UFC came on, when UFC realized, "Hey, we're going to corner the market, monopolize it." You know, and have these ironclad contracts, then um, you know, the, the like the fighters had nowhere to negotiate, and there was no open market. If you look at boxing, and uh, and if you're my promoter, you, when after I fight for you, the next fight, you have to show me what you've made and everything, so I can negotiate a better deal for myself. You know, mm-hmm. you know, so it's open market, and and your your likeness is protected while UFC owns your likeness. That's you know, that's why. I felt like I'll just take a step back. I'm, yeah, I'm leaving, you know, uh, you know, millions on the table for for what I get paid um, to fight. You know, but I I've earned it. But at the same time, for what I was making them and what the fighters are making them, man, it's it's a fifteen percent to eighty five percent ratio. And in boxing, what fifteen fifteen percent for the fighters? And then the the rest goes on the on the people on the people running it. If no, go straight to the top. Straight to the top. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. is that? I mean, that is similar to the way that the old boxing uh, setting was was set up, though, isn't it? It, it, it yes. always seems that the people who are there, because you know, the reason people are uh, turning up to those shows is to see Kung Lee fight. But then it's yeah, it's always the people who are actually risking their lives as well. Um, yeah, you know that uh, that always end up getting ripped off. Yeah, well, not getting ripped off, but like t- getting taken advantage of, and yeah. you know, um, you know, when when the top gets keeps getting richer, and yeah, a lot of these guys become millionaires. Yeah, but they're they they they're, they they're millionaires, but um, you know, and or some are multimillionaires, but the the top becomes billionaires. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, or yeah. making hundreds of millions, and and then they never had to get punched once in their life. Yeah, yeah, you know, so. You know, if, if you weigh that out and, you know, a lot of fighters can't do anything about it. They're just happy to be fighting and but they don't understand yet. Right. And when they realize, hey, you know, because of me, like, you know, um, look at Connor. He he's not fighting because he's like, hey, pay me what I'm worth. And he yeah. and he's doing the right things. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, but there's a lot of fighters who can't take take that stand, who can't put their foot down because of, um, you know, because it is what it is. If they yeah. put their foot down, they, they might get cut, you know, or yeah. they might get, uh, you know, get stuck, you know, in this contract that my contract was 18 months. I, I didn't get out till like almost six years later. And, wow. and, and, be, and the reason why, you know, um, there was a, a lot of things that happened and that was, I was a, a, accused for, uh, because I didn't sign a, a an extension. So, there was a drug testing dispute off the back of the Michael Bisping fight. That yeah. was during your contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, like two weeks before the fight, before I had to travel to Vietnam, I uh, I got a new contract, eighteen months, six fight deal. Yeah. Um, and for me, you know, m- my wife was raised by a lawyer, and you know, and my lawyer wasn't in town to read it over, yeah. so I'm not signing anything. Right. So, and for them, then they know that I'm traveling the next day and they threaten that, you know, I need to sign it and I didn't sign it. Then, you know, the one thing led to another, uh, you know, then there's a um, saying that I was, my levels of HGH was elevated, but nothing else. I was clean on everything else. Well, if thank God for the, um, you know the Olympic Committee. Uh, uh, um, I guess, uh, gosh, I can't remember the the doctor's name, but uh, the doctor who was in charge of the 
performance enhancing uh, in the Olympic Committee stepped yes. up, not because he was trying to protect me. He was protecting his 10-year research. He says if you basically work out 30 minutes, your HGH level is going to increase. You know, and if you sit in a sauna for 30 minutes, your HGH level, it, it, it's even on Google, right? And mm-hmm. and for them, and all of a sudden, both my, because I, I, I requested to see Michael Bisbing's test. Oh, Kung, your test and Michael's, somehow it got destroyed. How nice. the hell did that happen? Yeah. And if, if you really wanted to see everything, you do a blood work. That was from a blood work. Why did it get destroyed? You know? Mm-hmm. And um, and if you know with blood work, you can see whatever is in your system for at least six months. Mm, mm. And then you know uh, at, at the end they they that they they said that you know everything I did was fine. I, yeah, you know, yeah. We should say that they normal. did. It was all thrown. Yeah, it was all thrown out uh, in the end, wasn't it? Yep, all yeah, thrown out so. at the end. And but my name was still dragged, you know, mm. under you know under the bus that can really damage reputations because as soon as the you know that then becomes uh, mentioned you know in association with a person's uh, character it damns their character whether it's true or not <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah. it's like yep. you know um so that's yeah which is unfair really that was good but you haven't ruled out necessarily returning to mma you, do you think you because i follow you on instagram you're always working out and you're training hard still and um you know the passion's clearly still there i'm just wondering did you think you'll get back in the ring at some point never too late uh you know i i think you know like you know this this interview here with you know kung fu uh, movie guide yes you know yeah, yeah. You're, you're a guide in 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 the film world and i i think if, if i don't if i'm jumping back and forth like i did throughout my whole MMA career, doing a movie, then doing a fight. Uh, I I feel like I won't be the best that I can be at sure. something, right? So I, I you know after you know um, uh, it's like a three strikes you're out, right? I took yep. a lot of time off for my first. I was undefeated, like literally knocking out everyone, br- breaking arms with kicks, yeah. and that was when I trained full time, didn't mess around. I, I did small parts. But then when the big parts came, took me away for two and a half months uh, and one movie after another after another. Then coming back, then I had my first loss, you know, against yeah. Scott Smith. Then, you know, I came back, uh, you know, and I finally signed with the UFC and I had 18 months off. And, you know, going in the gym was no joke. I was getting injured for the smallest thing. He had uh, crack ribs during training. And then, then I had a fight. Um, uh, you know, Van Lee Silva, you know, like five weeks later, you know, yeah. so it takes its toll on the body then. Well, you know, it's like your, your body's not conditioned. It's yeah. not the same if you're not training consistently like these guys. Right. Uh, sure. I can throw beautiful kicks and, you know, I'm dangerous in the first round, but you know, everything happens like, you know, against Michael Bisping, I was off for another 18 months. So I feel like now I'm off for three years, you know, yeah. You know, someone can, take a long layoff Dominic Cruz and come back and you know and do well but you know um yeah as you see he's you know it's 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 tough he's not even the champion anymore you know he had one good win and all of a sudden now he steps up in competitions it's a different level UFC you know they you know you they they put there's not like they're they're giving me like some tune-up fights they're just throwing me in with killers you know so Um, if, if I feel like if I didn't take any time off and I kept fighting and I kept training and, you know, and did the right recovery, did whatever I had to do to stay healthy in the fight game, then I probably do a lot better or, you know, and not get as injured. But, you know, um, sure, every fighter get, gets injured, but not every fighter goes off and does 18 months of movies and jump yeah. back in and, and, and jumps in and from no fight training to all of a sudden all-out fight training. Yeah. Your body's like in shock. You're like, what the hell just happened? I feel yeah. like I just got hit by a truck, right? But, you so, know, it, 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 you know, now I feel like if I really focus on developing my acting skills and, um, you know, like I, I've trained tactical for the last two and a half years to play a part that I'm going to develop, you know, for, for Codename the Dragon, then another project that I have called Targets, then, you know, an action sci-fi horror movie. I mean, I, I just got to be 
that person and yeah. i want to when i when i get my chance and my films are uh, like greenlit yeah there then i can be unstoppable in that yeah. that field too if i really focused on it but if i go back and fight then i try to do the movies you know it's it's not going to work much. out good are yeah. you um are you doing like acting classes as well then yeah you know i i started with acting classes but then now i, I like to act the private lessons sure. i like to to work one-on-one with the coaches where all the attention's on you and, the, you know, and the, the, the coaches that really, you know, make you sweat, you know, yeah. make you like, oh, shit, yeah. You know, put you in very uncomfortable positions. Like, yeah. you know, like you're in a, a chokehold and you're about to tap, you know? Sure. So. so you're approaching this very much like you're, like, <laughs> like the fighting world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. That's um, why, you know, if I have that champion, like, because I have that work ethics, right? And I think like I'm going for a title fight for every time I get a part in a movie or doing especially my own movies. Now it's like a title shot, right? Sure. Yeah, no one's going to stop me. Hey, hey, hey! You really should be ashamed. You call that a punch? You've worked with, you know, everyone from you know, Van Damme to Donnie Yen to, I saw fighting the other day with uh, Channing Tatum and there's you uh, getting Channing Tatum in a choke, choke holds. Uh, Scott Adkins recently, Antonio Banderas, there's like this, you've worked with, you know, the real big names in, in uh, martial arts movies. Is there anyone that's left on your list? Are there people that you would like to work with that you haven't yet worked with? Well, I want to work with a lot of people, you know. Whoever's yeah. talented that doesn't even know. They doesn't even have to be that they have a, a like a big name, but someone who can elevate your own, you know, your own performance. I, I want to work with them, you know. In every industry, there's your prima donnas. I, I don't want to work with them, and I just want to work with, you know, the, you can't avoid them, but you just want to work with the the people you enjoy working with, and you want people who challenge you in 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 performances, right? They, yeah, they, you know, like like a Ben Foster, he he's never going to give you a room to shine as an actor unless you 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 control the screen right back. You know, so for Pandorum, I mean, that wasn't a fighting role, was it? I guess as a martial arts film. So no, n- that, not at all. <laughs> and I mean, that must have been good to see that you're getting cast outside of the genre as well. Is that something that you're looking to do? Is to to branch out away from from the, those types of films? No, not branch away, but no. having the films with more of that element, like yeah. really bring the you know the character out because if you if you really like if you paid attention to pandorum right if it wasn't for my character mankind there'll be no more it'll be all over for us humans. Yeah. it'll be uh, over so like if yeah. you look at it look at that role i mean my role i saved mankind yeah you know, that, that was kind of cool right and That's and pretty it, good. and and it's fun to like really dig into you know these the, like the whole movie as a whole and see all these little elements and things that you can get out of it so yeah. it's uh it's 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 really cool to take take the character to a whole new level and yeah. and bring bring it where like you know, like when you're done you know you either get you know people are clapping or people are like like damn you know yeah. that that those are the those are the things that that are like you know that I'm I'm pushing this you know to to get a lot more of before we wrap this up I do have to say I, I enjoyed you very much in Savage Dog uh, um, particularly obviously Scott's Scott's been on this show as well and he's such a hard worker isn't he on 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 set I mean was that an enjoyable experience making making that movie oh yeah you know um, th- that's the reason why uh, two reasons why I did that movie right um, one with uh, uh, Scott Atkins and two was Jesse Johnson working sure. you know me and Jesse we're, we're friends we're, we, we you know I was thinking about him to direct Codename the Dragon but you yeah. know he's been on a terror one after a movie you know going well he's done the last movie. like yeah, what, yeah, yeah five you know, Scott Atkins films or something yeah, yeah. I know right but uh, you know like um, you know it, it was uh, and plus my character was different it wasn't like yeah. um some badass where i just come on and i'm trying to scare people because i'm some mean guy i'm doing it because i that's my family you know yeah I, I, it was I more of a three-dimensional you know? character yeah. that, wasn't it yeah yeah and then you know some some cool lines that he jesse johnson came up with you know the fight you have with scott's really good and then he just shoots you at the, <laughs> at the end you know like like i i felt like uh, you know like 
let, let's do something different you know let's, yeah. let because the, the, like the movie is called savage dog yeah. right yeah. i mean if, it, it, if, kind, if, it if, kind of worked it implies that because obviously scott's character does sort of lose his mind at the end and it's such an un it's such a not honorable death that that's not traditionally how those big fights in martial arts movies go uh you're totally right it kind of worked didn't it as a as a, as a twist on that yeah you know i i think the jesse johnson it was brilliant of him to you know like come up i was thinking oh man you know uh, you know, like let, let's see how how this is gonna end because like no one's ever really kind of <laughs> put put a little twist on it. Like, yeah, if you're a savage, like when people are done and you see this, oh, this fight is really good. Th- this guy's like, you know, fighting for you know to 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 make some money to you know for his family. Plus now he has nothing, so he he needs that bounty to keep him afloat and till 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 the next job, right? It's yeah. for his family, and all of a sudden Scott's that character is like. Man, I'm getting my ass kicked. Oh, fuck, you know, I'm just yeah. going to grab the gun and Go shoot him. And when people see that, they're like, that's savage. And that's yeah. why the movie called Savage Dog, because yeah. in real life, you know, if you're getting your ass handed to you, you're not going to be like, hold on, I'm just going to move the gun out of the way because my head hit it on the couch when you sure. threw me on the couch, right? So, yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to grab the gun too and I'm going to, you know, uh, squeeze the trigger and, you know, and then uh, make sure that uh, my, uh, you know, I'm dead, so they can he can move on. (laughs) that was savage. Yeah, Kong, listen, I'm a big fan of yours, and you always make really good uh, film choices. So I'm I'm excited to see what um what what the next movies are uh, going to be. Thank you very much. Been a fun interview. Thank you for having me. Yes, yes. Thank you so much, Kung Lee. Thank you for talking to me. That was wonderful. We covered a lot of ground there, and I do hope you enjoyed that conversation. He is all over social media. Make sure you follow him on Instagram and Twitter. His name is at Kung Lee 185 We're very much looking forward to his uh, upcoming projects. Uh, particularly Europe Raiders. He's got a role in that upcoming movie. And his own movie project, Codename the Dragon, which he did mention there on the show. Very excited to see what happens with that project. I'm going to be in Birmingham this Saturday for the UK big screen premiere of Accident Man. Scott Adkins is going to be there. I'm looking forward to that. And also, you know, looking forward to catching up with a lot of you know, the great UK filmmakers and actors, writers, stunt guys, film critics, movie bloggers, the whole crew is going to be there. It's going to be a wonderful event. So I look forward to reporting back on that. And uh, a big shout out really to Sue Cole at the Fighting Spirit Film Festival, who's organised that event. I mentioned Sue pretty much on uh, every episode of this show, uh, but she's worth supporting because she really works really hard and she does so much for the martial arts uh, community here in the UK fightingspiritfilmfestival.com is her website go and check it out and all of the great work that she does there in supporting independent filmmakers who are pouring their blood sweat and tears into making uh, really great martial arts movies so that's a wonderful thing. Go and support Sue. Um, big thanks, as always, to George Dennis for his ongoing technical support. Thank you very much, George. I will be back in two weeks' time with another episode of the show. Until then, food followers, stay safe, and I will see you next time on the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast. Thank you very much. Bye for now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.